The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to a new special episode of Parking the Bus. If you're watching on video, you got a special treat today because you're getting a double episode on video if you're watching on www.parkingthebusmedia.com or if you're watching on the YouTube channel or on Facebook, you are getting a double episode. Episodes 34 and 35 in video are going to be one episode if you're listening to the podcast feed. Well, you're going to get two separate episodes, and how we're going to do that is uh, episode 34 is a South American edition. We're going to review last week's Copa Libertadores action and last week's Copa Sudamericana action as well, okay? And then we're going to switch gears, and we're going to come north to North America to CONCACAF um, with a quick stop in Australia. So in episode 35, it'll be a CONCACAF Champions League Liga Emeki's heavy show with sprinkling in some Major League Soccer and some Australian Hyundai A-League. Welcome, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinio, and this is episode 34 to start us off. Again, like I said, we are in South America, and I have a great announcement before we get started. I am working on a, a, a project right now, and I'm happy to announce that next week, if you look on the bottom there on the ticker scrolling down your screen, for those of you watching, uh, next week I will be debuting the first edition of my Parking the Bus South American Club rate Power Rating. So I have become a mathematician here, and I've devised a formula for ranking the teams in South America. And I've been crunching numbers. I'm not done, so I can't debut it tonight. But I'm going to be debuting it next week on the next South American edition when we review um, when we review this week's upcoming matches. I will then, at the end of the episode, debut the South American club power rankings as as my math formula sees them. And we'll see we'll see how well they come out. I think it'll be an interesting thing to to follow. Uh, together, and it'll be an interesting thing to see how they pan out, and if the if the rating system, if the formula actually 
fits, if it if it makes sense, or if some some team maybe beats the system somehow. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to go. But we're going to get right into it right now, okay? Those of you listening on the podcast, you are hearing Beethoven's Ode to Joy. You ask why? Because that is the anthem of the Comnibol Copa Libertadores. And we are going to begin in Group A like we do every week, okay? And the match day three kicked off in Group A on May the 4th with Defensa y Justicia hosting Palmeiras at the Estadio Noberto Tomagello in Florencio Varela in Argentina. Wilmer Roldan of Colombia was the referee. And we have Defensa y Justicia 1, Palmeiras 2. So we look at that and let's take a look at the lineups in this one. This is a group we have followed fairly closely and I'm pulling up these lineups right now. So we'll start with the home side. Defensa y Justicia, the defending winners of the Copa Sudamericana. They have Ezekiel Onsain in goal, and Nestor, Brayton Brunch, Juan Rodriguez, and Emmanuel Brites. The three in the back in their 3-4-2-1. Four-man midfield, Matias Rodriguez and Nicolas Tripicio, Raul Loaiza, and Marcelo Benitez. And they're playing behind. The attacking, uh, the attacking trio of Gabriel Haichin, Nahuel Gallardo, and Walter Bow. For the for the defending Copa Libertadores champions, remember these two teams met, met in the Ricopa Sudamericana not too long ago in a two-legged uh, final, if you will. That was one on penalties by Defensa y Justicia. Um, but for Palmeiras, they have they have uh, stabilized a bit, and they're they're playing some great football in this edition of the Copa Libertadores. And in goal, they've got Weverton in their three-five-two for manager Abel Ferreira. Three in the back: Luan Garcia, Gustavo Gomez, and Renan Victor. The five in midfield, wide on the right, was Marcos Rocha, Rafael Vega, Danilo, and Patrick are the three in the center with a wide left wing back, if you will, of Victor Luiz up front. Very, very strong, potent attack. Uh, strike pairing of Ronnie and the veteran Luiz Adriano. So, we get goals in this one from Ronnie. He scores in the 47th and 56th. Uh, Defensa Justicia will pull one back in the 68th from Tripicio and it would not be enough, though, for the Argentine side to get back level. And at the end of 90 minutes, the Brazilian side goes to Argentina and takes the three points. Uh, two teams that I enjoy watching, both Palmeiras and Defensa Justicia. And um, again, this is the third time these two teams have met this season. So they are getting to know each other quite well. And they're going to see each other again one more time in this group stage. And it's really going to be a battle in Group A for that second place. Right now, Palmeiras is is out to a comfortable lead. Uh, they're, they're perfect three victories from three matches and starting to distance themselves from the table. But Defensa Justicia will need to pick it up because they are being chased very, very closely by the team that won, that played in the other match. Or I should say there are two teams in the other match here. But it was a, a resounding victory for the Ecuadorian side. Independiente del Valle. It is uh, Renato Paiva's first win in the group stage as a manager uh, in the Copa Libertadores. It was 4-0 over Peruvian side Universitario in the Estadio Rodrigo Paz Delgado in Quito, Ecuador. The referee was Andres Cunha of Uruguay. And we got goals. We got two goals from Sanchez, a goal from Morillo, and another one from Ortiz. 
which put Independiente del Valle comfortably ahead. Goals came in the 45th, 61st, 73rd, and 85th for a very, very uh, convincing victory for the Ecuadorian side. And they followed that up this past weekend with a huge win in the Ecuadorian League as they they beat uh, the perennial powerhouse, Liga de Quito, this past weekend. And they also just opened a brand new stadium, did Independiente del Valle. And it's, it's, uh, that club is growing leaps and bounds. They were the winners of the 2019 edition of the... Copa Sudamericana. They really, really want to make a run here in the Copa Libertadores, and they're right there with Defensa y Justicia for second place. Both teams are on four points. Universitario, however, the Peruvians are falling are falling further back. They're now uh, three losses in all three matches with with ten goals allowed. It is not the way that they wanted to get it get off to in this edition of the Copa Libertadores. But we still have three matches to go, and they will play everybody one more time and things can change very quickly in South America. One thing I love about South American football is it's a lot less predictable than the European version of the Champions League. There are strong teams and there are big bank accounts and there are high payrolls but once the match is being played on the pitch it is you never know because there are different factors there's heat in some places there's cold in others there's altitude it's just it's it's a large continent with a lot of variables there's a lot more travel anything can happen it's it's a little bit more of a wear and tear on teams in that regard so you never know it is not impossible for a team to lose their first three matches and win their second three so don't count out universitario just yet Let's go to Group B, and we kick off on the 5th of May. It's Internacional of Porto Alegre hosting uh, Paraguay inside Olympia at the Estadio Beira Rio, and Internacional without any trouble at all. It's a 6-1 thumping of Olympia, and goals for Internacional would come from Cuesta in the 29th, Eden Nielsen, Nielsen would score a penalty, convert a penalty kick in the 52nd. Thiago Gallardo puts in a double for the Brazilian. He gets a goal in the 64th and 71st. Yuri Alberto would add to that lead in the 77th. And Caio would finish out the scoring account on the day for Inter de Porto Alegre. Um, in the 80th minute, Olympia would get a goal of their own from Gonzalez from the penalty spot in the 86th. But a very, very dominating performance and a very uh, comfortable place to be right now if you are Internacional because you just padded your goal difference, which is very, very important in the event of tiebreakers in the table. The other match in the group was a day later. It was the 6th of May 2021, and we are in La Paz, Bolivia, Estadio Hernando Siles. And always ready with a big win. They win 2-0 over Venezuelan side. Deportivo Tashira. And it was Ovejero and Mosquera with the two goals for always ready. And uh, Ovejero opening his account in the 24th minute. While Mosquera would bang home a penalty in the 82nd minute. Just 8 minutes from full time. And it's a tough blow for the Venezuelan side. This was a match they needed. Uh, both teams needed if they're going to fight for a spot 
in the round of 16 of this Copa Libertadores. But remember, in Copa Libertadores, the third place team in each group, uh, though knocked out of the Copa Libertadores, will pass to the Copa Sudamericana round of 16. So Olimpia and Deportivo Tashira, at worst case, are going to fight for that spot. And for some clubs, the goal is getting that third spot and continuing their continental voyage, continuing their journey through continental football and trying to advance in the Copa Sudamericana and put themselves in a position to go deep in that competition. So a lot still to play for, again, in Group B just as in Group A. And in Group C... Well, in Group C, a little bit of a surprise in this one. It was match a day three, uh, of course. First, we had on the 4th of May, Santos, the defending finalists, if you will, after coming through the preliminary stages and booking their spot in to the group stage. And after a tough start with two defeats in the first two match days, they finally come alive at home. Against Bolivia's the strongest, we are at the Estadio Urbano Caldera in the Santos section of Sao Paulo. And they got goals in the first minute from Marinho, second minute from Pirani. Sorry, 26th minute from Pirani. Vinicius would make it 3-0 in the 43rd. And Lucas Braga and Kevin Maltus would add tallies to their accounts. And Santos will... Finally, pick up a victory here. 5-0 over the strongest. It's their first points of the this edition of the Copa Libertadores in the group stage. However, later that night, uh, in Ecuador, again, Barcelona, the Guayanquil, with a huge, huge, huge upset. And we're going to bring that match up and profile it a little bit here. It is Barcelona versus Boca Juniors in in uh, Romero Carbo in Guayaquil, in the Estadio Isabel Romero Carbo in Guayaquil, in Ecuador. And let's look at the lineups. We will start with the Ecuadorian side. Javier Buray is the goalkeeper. They are playing 3-4-3 for their manager, Fabian Bustos. The three in the back, Luis León, Bruno Piñateres, and Williams Riveros in midfield, you got four, Byron Castillo, Nixon Molina, Leonardo Martinez, and Mario Pineda are the four in midfield. And the tr the trio d'attack is uh, Michael Hoyos, Carlos Garces, and Damian Diaz. And for Boca Juniors, one of the real powerhouses of the continent, the Argentine champions, the Copa Diego Maradona champions, they are managed, of course, by Miguel Russo, and they are playing a 4-3-3. In goal, Agustin Rossi, four across the back. Julio Alberto Buffarini, Lisandro Lopez, Carlos Izquierdos, and Emmanuel Mast, the three in midfield. Anchored by Alan Barella in the center with Nicolas Capaldo to one side and Leonardo Jara to the other. And the three in attack. The striker was Franco Soldano. Christian Pavon is on the right. And Augustin Obando is on the left. You look, there's a few key names missing from the 11. Notably, Carlos Tevez. Carlito Tevez is missing from the 11. As is Sebastian Villa. And Sebastian Villa is not even listed as injured here. But also, Carlos Zambrano. Eduardo Salvio. Edwin Cardona. Esteban Andrada. Luis Vasquez and Mauro Zarate all injured. And Nacho Fernandez is also on the bench. 
and it's it's an interesting lineup put out there by Miguel Russo, but uh, you still expect Boca Juniors, especially because Guayanquil is not at altitude, it is at sea level, you expect them to do better or at least to come away with a point in this one. Uh, you know, control of the group was at stake here, but hats off to the Ecuadorian side. It was in the 52nd, no, sorry, 62nd minute that Carlos Garces uh, scored and put the Ecuadorian side ahead, and they would not look back. Um, Boca Juniors would push forward. They were trying to, to, to get that equalizer to take home with them back to Argentina. Um, of course, by the end of the match, I think they knew that Santos had won, and they wanted to get a point to keep the distance and to not to not fall within within a three point gap of of Santos in third place. But it was not meant to be on the day for La Genise, and for that, it would be three points to Barcelona. They take control of the group right now. The strongest on the are on the opposite spectrum as through three matches. They have three defeats, no goals scored, 10 allowed, and they're going to have to turn it around if they want to compete in this very very tough group. Let's be fair, let's be very honest. This is a very very tough group, but if the strongest want to compete and at least try to push for a spot in the Copa Sudamericana, they're going to have to turn it around. They're going to have to start putting the ball in the back of the net. They cannot afford to lose every match, and they cannot afford to be kept off the score sheet. They got three matches left, and they will be playing two of them at home, at altitude in La Paz. So there is still a chance that they can muster off enough points if if Santos, or even more so Santos, because they're, they're slightly behind right now. They're behind Boca Juniors in Barcelona. But um, if Santos slip up again... They, this could be a chance for the strongest to turn it around. Of course, the strongest will be hosting Santos at their stadium in the final match day. All right, let's move ahead. Let's go to Group D. Group D, and it's the 6th of May. This match was, These matches were played on Thursday. And we start in, Colo- in Paraguay. Excuse me. It, it's a Colombian team, but the match is being played in Paraguay for off-the-pitch reasons. And um, it is Santa Fe hosting River Plate of Argentina. River Plate, of course, the twenty, the twenty eighteen winners of this competition in that famous final two legged final, if you will, the last time the final was played over two legs, that famous one against their arch rivals Boca Juniors, where they won in extra time, uh, having to play their home leg in Madrid of all places, taking the South American Championship match to Europe. But there were very ex- very outstanding circumstances in that one. The referee for this one is Alexis Herrera of Venezuela. And this one, there's not much to talk about. The Argentine side goes to Paraguay uh, to the borrowed home, the Estadio General Pablo Rojas in Asunción. Um, where Santa Fe was essentially renting the stadium and using it as a home field long far away from their home. It was a nil-nil draw. There's not much to talk about here. And both teams take a share of the spoils. In the other match, it was in Colombia. It was in Barranquilla. Uh, sorry, it was not in Colombia. Again, another match that was not played in Colombia. So I don't believe they're playing 
these matches in Colombia right now. There's there's things going on, like I said, off the pitch in Colombia, um, along the lines of a general strike. And I'm not. I think the COVID situation is also somewhat dire there in Colombia. And uh, so the Colombian teams are playing their home games outside of Colombia. This one was also in Guajanquil in Ecuador. It was Junior Barranquilla hosting Brazilian side Fluminense. And it would be a 1-1 draw. Both goals came early. Christian Borja for Junior uh, for Junior Barranquilla would score in the 11th minute from the penalty spot. And then Kaiki of Fluminense would level eight minutes later. It would be 1-1. And that would be it for that one. So in this group, nothing changes. Everybody takes a point. And Group D proceeds as they started the day. Group E. All right. And we're in. We are in Argentina for the first one. It is Racing Santander hosting Sao Paulo. And, well, we're not going to spend much time on this group as well. It is a nil-nil draw for Racing in Sao Paulo. And at the two hours later, in Uruguay at the Centenario, it was Rentistas versus versus Peruvian side Sporting Cristal. And guess what? Nil-nil there as well. Eat, all four teams take a point, same as in the previous group. Nothing changes. The, everything stays the way it started. Group F. And we have our first team to lock up qualification for the round of 16. Let's go to Group F. And we'll start... On May the 6th, and we are in Paraguay once again, and it's another Colombian team playing their home match in Asuncion, this time at the Estadio Manuel Ferreira, and it is Atletico Nacional hosting Argentinos Juniors, and the Argentine side goes into Paraguay, and Avalos takes no prisoners as he scores in the 18th and in the 80th, Argentinos Juniors win over Atletico Nacional. They take three points. They are perfect through three matches and mathematically qualify for the next stage of at least the Copa Sudamericana. So they have not qualified for the last 16 just yet of the Copa Libertadores, but they are guaranteed that they will not be out of continental play after this group stage. They have three victories from three matches. One day earlier, however, in Santiago, Chile, Estadio San Carlos de Aponquindo, it is Universidad Católica versus Nacional. And not to confuse Nacional with Atletico Nacional. Nacional is from Uruguay, Atletico Nacional from Colombia. But it is the Chilean side on this night that would have their way. Zempedri would open the scoring in the 30th minute from the penalty spot. Nacional's Fernandez would level in the 45th plus one. But in the second half, it was the Chilean side. It was Valencia. It was Diego Valencia with a goal in the 59th minute. And then the account would be closed. And the three points guaranteed by Clemente Montes, Clemente Jose Montes of Universidad Católica. Chilean side take their first three points in the competition. Moving now to Group G. And we got another team that has assured themselves of continuing at least to the Copa Sudamericana. And it is none other than the 2019 champions Flamengo. That's right. 
Vamos, Mango. They did it again. The Hubru Negros get all three points at altitude in Quito, Ecuador. This was a big victory for them. This was an exciting match. And I have to admit that I made the error. Because remember, these matches kick off quite late if you if you live here on the east coast of the United States. Especially if you wake up at 2 in the morning like I do. Uh, Flamengo was up 2-0 in this one. They're playing Liga de Quito in the Estadio Rodrigo Paz Delgado. Gabi Gol scores in the third minute to get things going for Flamengo. In the 30th minute, maybe the best goal I have seen in, in months. Scored by Bruno Henrique. And I said at that point, I'm, I can now go to sleep. Flamengo got this. Well... Little did I know, in the 50th minute, Martinez Borja for Liga de Quito would would draw the Ecuadorian side one back, where, of course, at in their home stadium at the Casa Blanca. And then Amarilla would level it in the 61st minute. It was 2-2, and it was looking like Flamengo may, may just slip up and give away the points that they thought they had locked up in the first half hour of the match. But in the 85th, the referee Esteban Ostrich of Uruguay would point to the spot. Gabi Gol steps up, and who else? He buries it. It is 3-2. Flamengo win in Ecuador, and Flamengo now have three wins from three matches, nine points, and are sitting very, very pretty atop Group G. We move now to... Well, I actually, I skipped the other match. Let's stay in Group G for a minute. Union La Salera, the Chilean side, hosting Argentina's Vales Sarsfield at the Estadio Municipal. Nicolas Nazar in La, Sal La Salera, Chile. And the Argentine side comes in and picks up three massive points on the road. Bozat would score in the 38th minute, and then Orejano would close it out in the 90th plus 5. All three points go home to Argentina with Vales Sarsfield. Now we move to Group H, and it is the final group, and here we are, and we're on May the 4th, okay, and we are at the Estadio Mineiro in Bel Horizonte. It is Atlético Mineiro taking on uh, Paraguayan side Cerro Porteño and who remembers this name Hulk all those years ago at Football Club de Porto and at Zenit St. Petersburg in Europe and then a number of successful seasons in the Chinese Super League he's back home in Brazil now he's playing for Atlético Mineiro and he would have a double in this one Hulk would score in the 90th and in the 45th Savarino would score in the 73rd, and then Vargas would finish the day with a goal in the 90th, plus two. Atletico Mineiro take all three points at home and put themselves atop the group. And in the other match in the group, we're in uh, Venezuela at the Estadio Olimpico of Caracas. And it is Deportivo La Guaira versus America de Cali who are just struggling. This, The Colombian side, America de Cali, just can't seem to get it together in this edition of the Copa Libertadores. Uh, struggling even on the... They are on the road, however. This is a match for a team that needed points as badly as they did. They needed a victory here in Venezuela. They could not get it. And the Venezuelan side takes another point 
Interestingly, Deportivo La Guaira of Venezuela have three draws in three matches. They have drawn all three opponents, while America de Cali pick up their first points, and no doubt they needed better. Let's now go ahead and go to the tables, as I'm going to put it up on your screens now. And let's see here as I pull it up for you guys. Courtesy, of course, as always, of SofaScore. You can see the URL there in the top. Just go to SofaScore and you can you can see all of this information. We start in Group A. And you see there Palmeiras, top of the group. Three victories from three matches. Ten goals for, three against. And you can see that they've got nine points. Defensa y Justicia right now sitting in second uh, with the superior goal difference. And it says here, in the event that two or more teams have equal number of points, the following rules break the tie. So goal difference is the first tiebreaker. We said that that 5-0 victory for Santos was important. This is why the first tiebreaker right there is goal difference. And you can see on your screen, if you're watching, Defensi Justicia have a, goal, a victory, a draw, and a defeat. Uh, but five goals scored, three allowed for a plus two goal difference, and they have four points. Just like Independiente del Valle, and del Valle has a w also a win, a draw, and a loss. But they have five goals scored and six allowed, so their inferior goal difference right now has them dropping to the Copa Sudamericana and not advancing. That is the difference right now between those two teams. They will play each other once again, though. And there you see Universitario with three matches, three defeats, two goals scored, ten allowed. Group B, Inter Porto Alegre is top of the group with six points on goal difference. They have two victories and a defeat. Bolivia's always ready also. Two victories and a defeat, but you see a far different goal difference. And again, remember that Inter Porto Alegre won big this week. They won six to one and definitely padded that that goal difference stat, which is very very important. And in third is Olympia of Paraguay, one victory, two defeats, five goals scored, ten allowed. They have three points, same as Deportivo Táchira. But Deportivo Tashida with an also on a negative five goal difference, interestingly enough. So if you see here, if you're watching, I'll highlight the next tiebreaker after goal difference is goals scored. And then goal scored away is so head to head never comes into play in South America in Copa Libertadores. Important to keep that in mind. You see there the matchups in the next match day. Deportivo Tashida will host Internacional. Always ready will host Olympia. Group C, Barcelona, Guayanquil are top with a perfect record of three victories. No defeats, no draws. Look at that. Seven goals scored, but big, fat. Zero in the department of goals allowed. Three clean sheets for the Ecuadorian side. We'll see how that factors them into next week's power rankings. Um, just a hint, clean sheets make a big difference. In in the power ranking, so they make they make a sizable difference. So keep that in mind. Again, I'm debuting that next week. Uh, Barcelona have nine points. Boca Juniors right behind them. Two victories, one defeat, three goals for one allowed. They haven't allowed much, but they also have not scored much. Disappointing in that uh, statistic, no doubt. 
for Miguel Russo's men and um, the blue and gold of Boca Juniors. They're going to want to turn it on at some point. They're going to need to turn it on. They need to start putting the ball in the back of the goal. They got six points right now. Three ahead of Santos, who right now are sitting in a Copa Sudamericana spot. One victory, two defeats, five goals for all of them coming in one game and four against. And the strongest of Bolivia are in fourth. Like I said, not even a goal scored yet. Three defeats, ten allowed. It's an uphill battle, but it won't be the first time, you know, that that a team loses three and then wins three in the Copa Sudamericana. Moving to Group D. Fluminense are top of the group right now with five points. One victory, two draws, four goals, four, three allowed. River Plate right there with them, also on five points. Only difference is... River Plate have scored three goals. Fluminense have scored two. Junior Barranquilla have no victories yet, but they have a draw. I'm sorry, they have two draws and a defeat. A negative one goal difference, and they're slightly ahead of Santa Fe. The two Colombian sides are in third and fourth and separated only by one goal scored. Um, Junior with three goals scored, while Santa Fe has two goals scored. And you see there the next matchups. Atletico Junior will host River Plate and Fluminense will travel to Santa Fe or Independiente Santa Fe as it says here. Um, in Copa Libertadores Group E, it is São Paulo, the tricolor top of the group. They have seven points from two victories and a draw. Five goals scored, none allowed. Three clean sheets for São Paulo as well. And below them is Racing Santander. And they have five points from one victory. Two draws, three goals scored, two allowed. Racing have five points. Rentistas of, of Uruguay are behind them with two. And Sporting Cristal with one. Rentistas host São Paulo and Sporting Cristal host Racing this week. Group F, Argentinos Juniors have nine points. And they're perfect also with, th- with three clean sheets. Atletico Nacional are second on four points, and they are dead even in goal difference. Uh, six goals allowed, six scored, one win, one draw, one defeat, putting them right now in second place. So Universidad Católica are third on three points. They have a victory and two defeats. And Nacional of Montevideo are bottom of the table right now with one point from one draw, five goals scored, and nine allowed. Group G. Flamengo, top of the table. Perfect so far. Nine points, three victories. However, five goals allowed. Quite a bit allowed for a team in first place. But they have scored ten. So they obviously are just outscoring their opponents. If you're interested in seeing highlights, you can see here on this tab of so of Sofa Score, you can see highlights to all of these matches. Liga de Quito, LDU. Have four points, their second right now, a win, a loss, and a draw. Seven goals, four, six against. This is the highest scoring group thus far in the competition. Velez Sarsfield, one point behind them with a victory and two defeats. They have three points in Union. La Salera have a draw at this point. Um, pretty sh- They won this week. I'm not sure why it's saying that. I think this is an error on SofaScore's part. But... Um, 
No, I'm thinking, excuse me, I'm thinking of Universidad Católica. This is Union La Salera. Sorry, I got my Chilean sides mixed up there for a moment. They do have one point. And then in Group H, Atletic Mineiro Ugalu. Top of the group, seven points, seven goals, four, two goals allowed. Cerro Porteño are second with four points. La Guaira third with three. And America de Cali, as we said, continuing their struggles, they are fourth. With one point next round, America de Cali versus Athletic Mineiro and uh, La Guaira versus Cerro Porteño. Let's look quickly at the team of the week, as you can see right here on the right side of your screen if you're watching. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, I will read these names for you. But this is according to SofaScore and according to their algorithm and their statistics and their player rating system. The team of the week this week is... My screen changed for a moment. I love when it refreshes on its own, and I don't want it to. Uh, here it is. João Paulo, the goalkeeper from Santos, is the goalkeeper this week in the team of the week. The three in the back, Luan, Alonso, and Cuesta. This is a very heavy Brazilian <laughs> uh, best 11 this week. Marinho of Santos is is one of the midfielders, along with... Along with Pedro Vite of Independiente del Valle. Uh, he finds himself in the best 11. We got Juan Arce in there. As well as Yanni Sanchez. And then up front, there's three attackers this week. We've got Jefferson Savarino of Atletico Mineiro. Hulk of Atletico Mineiro. And Gabigol of Flamengo. That is the team of the week. Here you see so far the top-rated players in this year's edition of the competition, according, of course, to SofaScore. Gabigol leads with an average 8.3 rating. You can check it out on the website there and see who the top-rated players are. Let's look at the leaderboard and goals scored. It is Gabigol leading the way in the Golden Boot race right now with five goals. Ronnie and Hulk have four. And then a whole host of players. We have Gonzalo Bergesio, Gabriel Avalos, Fred, Christian, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, no, I am not. <laughs> it is Gonzalo Burguesio, Gav- Gabriel Avalos, Fred, Christian Martinez, uh, Carlos Gar- Garces, and Thiago Gallardo, all with three goals. Those are the leaders right now. That is Copa Libertadores as it stands right now. And you see where we are. We have big matches again this week. This competition flies. The group stage, they play every single week. This is a competition that just absolutely flies. So, um, it, 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 the group stage goes so fast. And then before you know it, there's a huge layoff. And then we come back for the knockout stage later. Which will obviously be after Copa America later in the year. So, we're going to take a real quick break here. When we come back, we're going to get right into... Copa Sudamericana, and from there, we will wrap up this episode 34. This is Parking the Bus. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. Follow me on Twitter at PTB underscore media. You see it right there. Also on Instagram at the same PTB underscore media. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out the website, www.parkingthebusmedia.com. You're listening to the Parking the Bus podcast here on the PTB Media Network, your English language home of Copa Libertadores. 
Welcome back to Parking the Bus, episode 34. Let's move now to Copa Sudamericana. We're going to start in Group A. And the, these matches were played across the 5th and 6th of May earlier this week. And we have two draws to talk about, so all stays the same in Group A of the Copa Sudamericana. In Viña del Mar, Chile, it is Huachipato 1, Rosario Central 1, Altamirano with the goal for Huachipato, while Zabala scores for Rosario Central. And the next day in, in Buenos Aires, it was San Lorenzo hosting 12 de Octubre. 1-1 there as well. Troyansky scores for San Lorenzo. Nunez for Dulce. And everything stays the same in Group A. Group B. May the 4th, the first one at the Estadio do Pituachu. It In Salvador, Brazil, it is Bahia hosting Independiente. And the Argentines go in to Brazil and take a point. It is... 2-2, Bahia's goals come from Tassiano and Luis Otavio, while Independiente's goals come from Herrera and Velasco. Both goals for Independiente, interestingly enough, come from the penalty spot. Independiente actually gets ahead 2-0 here over Bahia, and um, the Brazilian side fights back. Uh, Independiente's goals in the 43rd and 51st. In the 57th, that's where uh, Tysiano would score for Bahia. And then Luis Otavio, eight minutes from time, would level it a point to each. In Montevideo at the Parque Alfredo, Victor Vieira. It is Montevideo City. Yes, another city football club. Montevideo City for Gua Guabira of Bolivia, nil. Goals from Scotto, Del Prete with two, and Guerrero with one. Uh, Montevideo City, interestingly, scores two goals after the 90-minute mark. Two goals in stoppage time. They take a comfortable 4-0 victory at home over, Guay, uh, over Guaybira. But uh, this this group, the, very, very tight. And remember, in Copa Sudamericana, only first place advances. That's because the eight third-place teams from Copa Libertadores drop into the round of 16 of Copa Sudamericana. Group C, we start in La Paz in Bolivia, Stadio Hernano Siles. We, uh, we've we already been to this stadium today in one of the Copa Libertadores matches, but it is Bolivar hosting Brazil's Sierra. Nil-nil, a share of the spoils. The Brazilian side will always be happy to go to La Paz and bring a point home. It's very, very difficult to play in <laughs> At that altitude, I know we keep talking about, but it is a major factor. Something that they do not have to deal with in the European uh, Champions League or in the Liga Europa, in the Europa League, anything like that. The altitude in South America is a much, much different animal. Okay, May the 6th, Arsenal Sarandi of Argentina hosting Jorge Wilsterman of Bolivia. Two Bolivian sides in this group, Arsenal will win a 3-0 at home at the Stadio Julio Humberto Grondona in Sarandi. Albertengo with the goal right in the first minute, setting the tone very early. And then Candia with two at the death, one in the 84th, one in the 87th. 3-0 to Arsenal. We move on and we go to Group D. And we start in, in Venezuela at the Olimpico in Caracas. And it is Metropolitanos hosting Ayucas of Ecuador. Uh, 
And we got Metropolitanos getting on the board first. Flores scores in the 14th minute. And then Moreno makes it uh, 2-0 in the 51st minute. That is Johan Moreno. And then in the 65th from the penalty spot, it is Tomas Pavon converting the penalty for Metropolitanos. They get up 3-0, but the Ecuadorian side fight back. In the 67th minute, they get a penalty of their own. And Roberto Ordonez is the one to convert the penalty. He beats the goalkeeper. And then two minutes later, Alex Carrera makes it 3-2 and pulls the Bolivian side within a goal. But that's as close as they would get. Metropolitanos 3, Ayucas 2. And then later that night in Peru... In the Estadio Nacional in Lima, it is Melgar hosting Brazilian side Atlético Paranaense. And it would be the Peruvian side in this one. They will win 1-0, a goal from Christian Bordachar in the 50th minute. And it is the first points dropped by the Brazilian side in this competition. Moving on to Group E, we are again... At the Estadio Nacional in Lima. And it is Sport Juan Cayo versus Corinthians. The Brazilians go into Lima and they win 3-0. Two goals from Luan. One from Cauê. And Corinthians pick up their first victory of the competition. Uh, they had been floundering a little bit in the first two match days. They make a statement here in match day three with a 3-0 victory in Lima, Peru over Sport Juan Juan Cajo. In Montevideo, uh, Uruguay, it is Peñarol, the classic black and yellow side. They take on Paraguay's version of River Plate, if you will. And it is the Uruguayan side taking care of business. 3-0 at home. Goals from Kegelmacher, Torres, and Canobio um, in the 22nd, 80th, and 89th, respectively. Peñarol takes control of this group. Now, moving on to Group F, and we start in Rancagua, uh, Chile. It is Palestino hosting Argentine side Newell's Old Boys. Newell's Old Boys travel and travel well, and they save it for the final moments, 90th plus two. That's when Newell's uh, Alexis Rodriguez would Hit home the winner and take all three points back across the Andes to Argentina. In the other match, two days later on the 6th of May in Asuncion, it was Libertad hosting Brazilian side Atlético Goianense. And the Brazilians go into Paraguay and pick up the three points. Zé Roberto scores in the 40th. Arnaldo uh, doubles it in the 86th in the 90th plus two Libertad pull one back from the foot of Barrero but too little too late for the Paraguayans and it is Atletico Goyanes picking up crucial three points on the road in Paraguay next in group G we are in Brazil again to start we are at the Estadio, the Estadio Nabi Abdi Chedid in Braganza Paulista, and it is Red Bull Bragantino. We got a, a city. We got a city group 
team here, and we also got a Red Bull team here. It is Red Bull Bragancino. One of the surprising um, revelations, if you will, discoveries of last year's Brasileirão, but they are not having a good run of it here early in the Copa Sudamericana. The Brazilian side will lose at home to Tajeres of Argentina. That goal comes from, from Valoyes in the 90th plus three, right at the death. Uh, absolutely brutal blow to Red Bull Bragancino there late in the 90th plus three in the other match in the group. Deportes Tolima of Colombia hosting Emelec. This one played in the Monumental of Lima. Peru again not in Colombia and Tolima will win 1-0 no sorry it's a 1-1 draw excuse me uh, Tolima would would score first in the 22nd from the spot Mosquera would convert the penalty in the 41st Zapata would level for Emelec the Ecuadorian side take a point with them back to Ecuador moving on group H the final group and maybe the most dominant Side so far in this competition, the Brazilian side, Grêmio Porto Alegre. Remember, they had a disastrous uh, exit from the Copa Libertadores in the final preliminary round, losing 4-2 on aggregate to Independiente del Valle, losing even at home to the Ecuadorian side. But they're taking it out now on their Copa Sudamericana rivals. And in this match day, it would be, get this, Grêmio 8 Aragua of Venezuela, nil at the Arena do Grêmio. Luis Fernando, Diego Souza, Ferreira, Her Hernandez, Maicon, and Churin all scoring for Grêmio. Ferreira and Luis Fernando with doubles. 8-0 sending Aragua back to Venezuela. No doubt with a heavy head. That is a, a crushing, crushing defeat at this stage of the season, this stage of a competition. Uh... In the same night, a few hours later, in Asuncion, it is another Colombian side playing their home match in Asuncion. La Equidad of Colombia hosting Lanús of Argentina. And Lanús go in and they get the victory. A 27th minute goal from Bera is all that the Argentine side needed to take home the points. Now, let's take a look here and let's look at the tables in Copa Sudamericana. And we'll pull it right back up for you guys now. Of course, if you're listening, you're not seeing any of this. But if you're if you're not watching, if you go over to www.parkingthebusmedia.com and you can watch there. Um, the episodes are shared there. They are posted there at, in the blog. Also, you can watch this on the Parking the Bus or the PTB Media Network's YouTube page. Please go there and do subscribe. Here are the tables in Group A. Huachipato, top of the group right now. Actually, they are all tied up. It is five points for each. Same record, same goals for, same goals as, as against which would mean that the difference must be the number of away goals right now between Huachipato and 12 de Octubre. There is the next round, San Lorenzo hosting Rosario Central in an Argentine derby, and 12 will host Huachipato for control of the group. Group B, Independiente are top of the group, and they have seven points. Bahia second right now with five. Uh, Torque is, is Montevideo City Torque. They have four points. 
from one win, one draw, one defeat. Guaybira are in fourth right now with no points. Look at that, 12 goals allowed. Next round, Guaybira hosts Bahia and Montevideo City hosts Independiente. Group C, Sierra are slightly ahead of Bolivar right now. Sierra have five points as do Bolivar, but Sierra three goals scored, Bolivar two. So right now that is the difference. The next round has Sierra hosting Arsenal de Sarandi, while Bolivar hosts Wilsterman in a all-Bolivia affair. Group D, Melgar are the lead right now with nine points, uh, three ahead of Atletic Paranaense. And you see there they have uh, three victories. Well, Atletico Paranaense lost in this crucial, in this crucial uh, showdown earlier this week. The next round has Metropolitanos hosting Atletico Paranaense. Metropolitanos, of course, you see there are in third place with three points. And Ayucas, the Ecuadorian side, are bottom with three defeats, no points. They're going to host Melgar this week. Group E. Peñarol are atop of the group with nine points, and they're running away. Perhaps just one victory away, possibly, from clinching the group. Uh, from clinching the group, they got a key matchup this week against Corinthians. Peñarol win at home over Corinthians. It's going to be it's it's going to seal the fate for the Brazilian side, but it also will require. It will also require River Plate uh, here to win their match with Sports Juan Cayo. And, um, well, if the results are just right, if Peñarol win and the other two teams draw, that would put Peñarol in to the round of 16 of the Copa Sudamericana. Group F, Atletico Goianes in the lead right now with seven points, one point better than Libertad. Newells is third with four points, and Palestino are bottom. You see there, Goyanes hosting Palestino, and Libertad hosting Newells. Old boys, Group G, Ecuador's Imelec are top of the table with seven points. One, uh, three points better than Argentina's Tajeres, while Red Bull Bragantino is third on three points. Tolima in the bottom with two points, but not that far off with three matches to play. Only two point, uh, sorry, only five points back from the top spot. Remember, only one team will advance. Next round, Red Bull Bragantino hosts Emelec and Tajeres hosts Deportes Tolima. And then in Group H, it is Gremio with a three-point lead over Lanús. Gremio three victories, uh, twelve goals for two allowed. Lanús are second with six points. La Cuadad are third right now with three. And Aragua are in the bottom with no points. You see there the next round of play is a big one. It's a showdown. It's it's on the 13th of May. And it is Gremio hosting Lanús. And that one could decide the group. If Gremio wins that, that match, they're going to, all for all intents and purposes, uh, clinch the group. Because look at that difference in goal difference. It is a nine-goal difference right now. Gremio, nine goals better. So even if they lose, they will remain top of the group unless they lose by nine goals. All right. That sums up the Copa Sudamericana for match day three. Let's look at the team of the week here. You've got in goal, you've got João Ricardo of Sierra. And the four in the back, you have Rafinha of Gremio. Christian Lema, former Benfica player of Newell's Old Boys. Uh, you have 
Jesus Miguel Sorare, and you have, I believe that's Diogo Barbosa of Grêmio. In midfield, you've got Luis Fernando of Grêmio. You've got Oscar Romero of Independiente, Luan of Corinthians, and Ferreira of Grêmio. And up front, Del Prete of 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 Montevideo City and Jonathan Candia of Arsenal Sarandi to make up the 11 of the week. There you see the top-rated player right now is Luis Fernando of Gremio. Vina right behind him. And let's look at the top goal scorers quickly. Jonathan Herrera of Independiente with five. Augustin Alvarez Martinez of Peñarol with four. Bernardo Cuesta of Melgar is next with three. And then you've got Gustavo Del Prete. Sorry, Cuesta and Del Prete have four. Ferreira has three, as does David Terrans. Uh, Sergio Mosquera, Francisco Fritzwetsky and then Christian Bordachar and Facundo Barcelo all with three goals. All right. For those of you listening on the podcast, my friends, that is it for episode number 34. And the, we're going to leave you here on the podcast. Okay, those of you watching on video, we're going to continue because episode 35 starts right after this. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure to follow the show on the social media. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube and alert yourself so that you get an alert every time. Uh, every time I go live here on this on this platform. All right. Okay, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off to the podcast and for the video. We'll be back in just a few moments. This is Parking the Bus. Thank you for listening. Euro 2020 this summer here on the Park in the Bus podcast. <laughs>